Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie. Lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. All right, how's it going, everyone? It's the Sports Rivals with Ernie and Monty. This is our 25th episode of the Sports Rivals, and we're looking forward to talking a lot of sports with you. Of course, the Olympics is starting this weekend, and we'll get to more of that a little bit later, but Ernie, the NBA dominates the talk again this week. Mm -hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks, for the first time in 50 years, win an NBA championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations to the Bucks. I wasn't really cheering for you. I was going for actually the Phoenix Suns to take this series, but you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not... I have no problem with the Bucks winning. I mean, how you know with with uh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo being the the way he is, you know how he broke down right after those finals. How he really appreciated the fact that you know he did it the right way, his way. Uh, how can you go against that? I mean, you know, I I I, I have no I have no problem with the way. That uh, that they won in, in in the first place, and you know the way that they won it. So congratulations to the Bucks and to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I mean, I you know after Game Five, I was a little disappointed in the way that ended for Phoenix, cheering for Phoenix. But you know, you alluded to that, and first of all, Giannis is almost impossible not to like. Right. I mean, he's a gregarious personality. He's so likable. He's positive. He's always smiling, and he works and plays. Yeah so hard and the impressive part about Giannis this playoff is not the fact that he recovered from a, a knee injury that looked devastating but how he adapted his game you know two series ago against the net I was <laughs> very critical that he was taking three-pointer yes. after three-pointer after three-pointer yes. and trying to be someone that he's not and then he changed and especially against Phoenix he completely changed and hardly took any three-pointers was dominant in the paint, goes for 50 points, 5 blocks, 14 rebounds in Game 6. Right. Clearly earned the, the MVP award. I mean, he they played well. That's the best I've seen Milwaukee play. Again, like we talked about last week, I have to apologize to Coach Budenholzer mm -hmm. for expecting him to be fired. <laughs> um, he did well. He did. I mean... They all seem to learn, adapt, adjust, and excel. Yeah. And uh, they got blown out kind of in the first two games, double-digit losses, refocused, and took it to them. I mean, mm -hmm. it was close games. It, it was anybody's game every game. Um, but normally, they faded down the stretch in previous years. Mm -hmm. And this year, every fourth quarter, after the first two games, Milwaukee owned it the last five or six minutes. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. It was usually Chris Middleton, but in game six, it was Giannis. Yes. 16 of 18 or 15 of 17 from free the free throw line. Free throw, yeah. I mean, it was his night. And for those 18,000 to 20,000 fans in the arena and the 65,000 fans in the Deer Park outside yeah, the arena. That was nuts. That's 85,000 people that were there cheering on their team. I'm happy for all of them that they got to celebrate and let them win at home with that many people around. So... I, I'm very, very proud of Giannis, uh, and I'm happy for him, Chris Middleton, uh, and the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks. I was cheering for Phoenix, but Milwaukee 
earn this championship. They did, and, and and hopefully there's no COVID spike in Wisconsin because of the because of this championship. But you know, those are diehard fans. Like you said, fifty something years since their last championship. I hope all of them were at least vaccinated. That way, it doesn't take the whole <laughs> whole yeah, breath a, of COVID nineteen. It was a free for all out there. I mean, yeah. my first thought is, oh my gosh, COVID, right? But then, <laughs> then I was thinking, man, they're kind of packed in. That you know, we, you see those at concerts where you get so packed, the guys packed. in the front yes. start to not be able to breathe. Yeah, they were packed. Um, it was in a it was in a, a crazy scene <laughs> in Milwaukee, and those fans were rabid, and and they got what they deserved, and. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this, but it was it was pretty cute that when Phoenix got back, um, the players got back to Phoenix, there were a handful, probably 20-year-olds uh, that were there to greet them, um, maybe 10, 15, 20 of them, maybe, uh, and they were cheering for them, and uh, the director of communications for the Suns came out to greet them, took all their information, has given them free tickets for next season. Good for them. So, yeah, I mean, and... and yeah, for twenty, exactly. for for only twenty. Yeah, yeah. Was, I, I think there was about 20, 20 people there, but I thought that was a nice gesture on the Suns' part. Um, I'm sure these people weren't expecting that. Uh, maybe they're expecting to be able to meet them, um, but I mean that was nice. Yeah, that, that was that was I, nice. I, to tell you the truth, I, I I would have expected more. I mean, the Suns really don't haven't had you know, like I said, this type of caliber team, and to come from. I mean, they had a great bubble, but they they barely missed, uh, you know, being being a part of the playoff uh, portion of it. But to only have twenty fans, I mean, I don't know what time they arrived. If it was a work uh, a work night or whatnot. I would have expected more than twenty fans, considering where they were last year yeah. and where they just where they came right. Yeah, and and they'll be back. You know, they'll I think they'll so. be back. So, you know, with with. A lot of talk after the series ended about Giannis being the best player in the NBA. We're going to cover that. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you think, Ernie? Early thoughts about next year. A lot of talk this week. Is this the start of a Bucks dynasty? I personally don't think so. I, think, I so. think it's going to be hard for them to be a dynasty. Um, but what are your early thoughts? Are the Nets the favorite next year? Are the Bucks the favorite next year? I mean, the odds came out like 10 minutes after the end with the Nets as the number one favorite, followed by the Lakers again and the Bucks. Mm -hmm. um, Celtics were pretty far down. Right? They were seven. They were way down. They were way down. They were seven. Way down. <laughs> seventh, <laughs> seventh in the East. <laughs> but what do you do? You think the Nets are the favorite, or is it going to be just like this year? I mean, if they're healthy, it's, they are. It's, if they're not, it's, they won't it's, be. It's, it's not even that. I mean, we have to. I mean, free agency starts a, a week from now. We have the draft coming up. So if the rosters were the same as it were at the end of the season, of course, it's, it's the Nets. But we, we've, we've seen a bunch of things happen during you know, the, the NBA offseason. You know, so right now, I would say it's the Nets. But to, truth be told, I, I, I wouldn't even put money down on top of that. You know, for all you Vegas betters who are doing the earlier one, you know, if your team is down, like the Boston Celtics at seventh, I'm, I'm going to grab it, you know, try to get good odds. But you really won't know until, until because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be moves at, on draft day for players and, and picks and free agency opens up. And then there's a bunch of things that can happen. The next could basically be, uh, they're not going to, to me, I'd be surprised if they were as strong next year as they were at the end of this season. 
the the money issue. The net, yeah, the nets are going to be the same issues that I was concerned about this year that eventually bit them in the butt. Uh, the injury bug is still going to be relevant next yeah. year. You know, KD's getting older, Harden's getting older, Kyrie is what Kyrie is. He's always been injury prone, and now he's, you know, he's uh, distracted by other things that, right. that can cause some things. So, but from the Bucks' perspective, can they repeat? Of course, they could repeat. But again, it's hard to repeat. It is. You know, it is really, really difficult to repeat. I think Golden State repeated. Um, but that's when they had Steph, KD, Clay, um, and they had situations where you know LeBron was down people as well. So it's tough. It really is tough. Do you keep that same level of motivation? Do you keep that same hunger? And now you're the champ. Everybody's out to get you. You're gonna get everybody's best shot right. all the time because you are the best. Um, I still see next year as pretty wide open, you know, depending on what happens. And again, you alluded to that. This week is going to really change the landscape. We have the draft. Again, we're going to be doing a mock draft in this show a little bit later on. But you got the draft and the before the draft, tons of trades could happen tons. that impact the draft right. this week as well. Right. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, right now, the Nets. Uh, if, if you were to put a gun to my head, I would say Milwaukee second. I think... Knowing that, I mean, I'm just going to take it for, for what it is. Ben Simmons exiting the 76ers, that they're not, they're not going to be, obviously, uh, the same type of team. Uh, and I don't think they're going to get true value for what Ben Simmons, what they're going to be wanting uh, for him. As I alluded to last, on last week's show, or best offer, that's what they're going to get for Ben Simmons. So they'll be, they'll be a, a weaker team, in my opinion, unless they can, their, their management can boost pull some uh, magic out of the hat. Uh, let's see who, who out there. The Miami Heat, uh, they've got issues. Yeah, I mean, I really think the, the East is, is weak. It uh, is. I mean, I, I really think so. I mean, I think, I think unless they turn Simmons into Dane Lillard, I think the 76ers are not going to be as good as they were this year. I thought they were very solid this year. But Embiid's always an injury risk. And you start to mess with that team. If Simmons, if they keep Simmons and he doesn't regain his confidence, then they're they're not the same team. And if they trade him, unless they upgrade, like you say, if they have to settle and they're bringing in somebody of a lesser caliber than Ben Simmons, then they're gonna they're gonna they're be gonna worse as well. Yeah. You know, so you never know what's gonna happen. Everybody wants to be traded. Apparently, Dame Lillard wants to be traded. Bradley Bill said today, uh, looks like he's gonna be requesting a trade. Um and I heard the Hawks are, are going to go after Bradley Beal. And maybe you, you give up Bogdanovich and Cam Reddish and, and, and Herder maybe with some number ones for him. But if they can, if they can go Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, Bradley Beal, that's a solid team. That could yeah. be a team to, be, to, to reckon with there could as be, well. Could be, but if they, get, if they bring on Beal and they re-sign Collins, Collins is, I mean, I guarantee you, Collins was asking for $21 million. Atlanta Hawks turned that down. Collins balled out in the playoffs. He's going to be asking for more than what he turned down. So for them to, I mean, there is a chance they, they can pick a Beal. They're going to have to gut their team. But what's going to happen, though, but with Collins, he's a restricted free agent. And they still have his bird right so that they would have to make the trade for Beal first. And then they can go over the cap to sign Collins if that's what they choose to do. So... 
it's going to be an exciting week, but before we jump into the lottery, let's try to review this. Again, gang, you guys know I love my lists, um, but I want to ask you, Ernie, first. After the playoffs, is Giannis the best player in the NBA, in your opinion? Ooh, that's, a, that's tough. That is real tough. I, I mean, Katie's up there, LeBron's up there. I would have to say, I would say yes, right now, by a small, just because, and this is, this is my caveat on top of this, just because of what I've seen in the last series. If you were to ask me this same question two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago, I would have said no, because of all the threes that he took. But if he can carry on from what I've shown in, in, you know, in this, uh, this championship series, and he can uh, turn that around and, you know, play that way for at least a good consistent part of next year. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, I mean, he had 50 points. He, he made everybody better. And I was saying in the series before, you know what? The Bucks played well without Giannis. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that they win this series without Giannis. Mm -hmm. There's no way. I'm, 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 uh, KD, whoo. Yeah. KD would be tough. He did show defense in the playoffs. He just doesn't do it during the regular season, and that's where you're going to pick your MVP. LeBron is going to be hungry, and everyone's going to say LeBron's a year older. Le Le LeBron, you got, we've been saying that for the last five years. Uh, let's face it, people. The guy spends like millions of dollars in regards to his health. At age, he's, he's the Tom Brady of the NBA. Uh, he's, he's not slowing down. Uh, he'll always be a factor, uh, and I think... The Lakers losing, uh, I mean, not advancing the way they did in advance, I think puts extra steam uh, uh, under his, you know, in his, in his uh, motivation uh, part. So I would say it's those three yeah. that... Uh, well, I would have to agree with you. And so, gang, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go from 10 to 1, a, a quick list that I put together. And again, there are, other, there are all kinds of things that, that factor in to this, but just, this is kind of based on this year but with next year in mind at 10 i would have paul george i think he really showed out and he's gonna to have to carry the clippers without Kawhi leonard so Kawhi is going to be out until at least february or march of next year so obviously that removes him from this list if you're looking at the top players for next year i got joel Embiid at nine dame lillard at eight james harden at seven the joker at six steph at five luca at four lebron three kd two and Giannis won. And this changed, like just like you, from two weeks ago to now. Mm -hmm. if, if Giannis is going to play like how Giannis played, he's virtually unstoppable. And what really separates him from KD and LeBron are two things. It, it never really impacted LeBron before, but it has impacted him two out of the last three years in LA. You mean the block? Well, no, no, not the block. <laughs> I'm talking about injuries. Oh, I'm talking Giannis about Giannis <laughs> is dependable. He's 26 and he doesn't miss time. I mean, we thought he had a catastrophic knee injury. He missed three games and he was back to dominate the finals. So the fact that he's 26, he's going to show up to play every single day and he dominates defensively. That's something that LeBron used to do or can do in small spurts. But Giannis was guarding Chris Paul at times in Game 6. Right. Um, Giannis is a dominant defender. If not the best, he was a defensive player of the year last year. 
and he's a dominant defensive player. And if he's going to stick to what he does best offensively, he's going to average over 30 points, 15 rebounds, and about two to three blocks and two to three seals a game. And he makes other people better. So I think two weeks ago, I would have said I would rather have KD because of his ability offensively to be a killer. Um, but after the finals, I would have to say going into next year, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And he's following now a very similar trajectory as LeBron. I mean, MVPs in his 24 and 25-year-old seasons. He's mm -hmm. defensive player of the year at 25. And he's now a champion at 26. The year, the age that LeBron was when he won his first championship. So... Uh, you got to give him his props. I think going into next year, he's won. As much as I am a LeBron homer, I, I think it's unrealistic to expect a 37-year-old to be the best player in the NBA <laughs> next year. You're right. He puts amazing uh, into his health and wellness. And this year, you know, his injury was Solomon Hill diving on his leg, which caused his injury. It's not a muscle thing like, right. like uh, um, Anthony Davis. So I think he'll be back, but still, father time, really, it has to catch up at some point, right? I mean, he's like the Tom Brady of the NBA, but the difference is Tom Brady, all he has to do is shuffle his feet and throw a ball. He doesn't have to run up and down the court, right, right. you know, for 40 minutes a game. So I, I would say Giannis is one, um, KD two, LeBron three. Wow. Wow. It must hurt for you to say that. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Again, I asked you this last week, whose block was better in the finals? Giannis or LeBron? I would, you know what? I, I, and some people may say that this is biased, but I think when you look at the circumstances and you look at when LeBron's block was, it was a game seven block at the very end of the game. Giannis's block was in a game five. It was 2-2. Two, two. Um, I'm still going to stick with LeBron's block as okay. being the, the more, the best or more important block. Okay. I think Giannis's block is was. probably more impressive. Because he helped, retreated, and blocked a seven-footer on an alley-oop. Right. I think it's more impressive. But I think all things considered, the fact that it was game seven with a minute left, and that helped lead to them winning the series, that the LeBron one was more important. Spoken like a true Laker. Even if he was with Cleveland at the time. All right, gang. So now we're going to move. We're going to do, you know, we did a full first-round mock draft uh, for the NFL back in April. And we're not going to dive into a full first round here for the NBA. But what we're going to do is we're going to take an NBA mock draft for the lottery. And the reason is the NBA draft is completely unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, trades are definitely going to happen. Definitely. You know, there, and even with the, the mock draft that we're going to do based on the teams that are there, there are teams outside the lottery, like the Knicks that have multiple picks, or OKC that has one in the lottery and multiple other picks that could get back into the lottery. Right. So things could change dramatically between now and Thursday's draft. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through what we believe will happen with the first 14 picks, which essentially is the lottery. So Ernie, the number one pick is the Detroit Pistons. Are they gonna stick with Kate Cunningham? I know you would. I, uh, you know what? The hype on Jalen, I mean, on, uh, on Jalen Green is, is real. I mean, the guy's a freakish athlete. I mean, like you, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, there, his comparison is to Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, very high praise, you know, there's a, there's a lot, Kobe was more than just an athlete in my opinion, but that's very high praise, uh, you know, for Jalen Green, but that guy has shown it, and, and he's, he's played with bigger guys than what uh, most of the prospects here, other than Jonathan Kuminga, uh, 
have played while they were in college, you know, and, and he's played well. I mean, his, his outside shooting, uh, which was uh, already NBA, uh, uh, what do you call that, uh, from the NBA and, range. Yeah, NBA range rather than from the college range. He, he, he shot close to 37%. Uh, but Kate Cunningham is, is just, you can't pass. On top of that, J to me, J uh, Jalen Green has all the flash, but if you're a GM, you cannot blow number one. Yeah, and I think that's where you're dead on. And, and Ernie and I were talking off the air, uh, and I was sharing that there was a website that I found that had a summary, a synopsis of all the various mock drafts. And then they took all the mock drafts out there, compiled it into a generic list of what was 1 through 14, and... The consensus, and there are 12 mock drafts, all 12, all 12 still had Cade Cunningham at number one. So obviously he was the consensus. And I think you hit it on the head there. Jalen Green may end up being flashier, may end up being better. He may. But right now, I think Cade Cunningham is the more sure thing. Dang, yes. And the more sure thing as an all-star. Not just settling. He has all-star talent at 6'8". Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you've seen more of him. The G League this year was like two, three weeks long. It was a, a handful of games, and that's really what you saw Jalen Green playing. Um, I actually think Kate Cunningham, you know, in the NCAA, when you get to the tournament and stuff, you play similar level competition uh, as you do in the G League to some extent. Uh, and I think he showed well. Now, is he a can't-miss in the form of a Zion? Maybe not. Um, but I, I do agree. I think he's the safer pick at number one. Even if Jalen Green may have more potential, may have more potential, I think you're still getting an all-star in Kate Cunningham with a much higher floor yes. than you have with Jalen Green. I 100% I, I agree one on, with you on top of that. It's the floor part. It's the floor part. I mean, Jalen Green has every opportunity to be just as good or even better than, better than uh, Kate Cunningham. But... Kate, uh, again, if, if if you're a betting man, I mean... Yeah, if yeah, you're a betting man, I think... The odds would be man. in Kate Cunningham's favor. But you're right, though, Ernie. The buzz for Jalen Green uh, has been there. You yeah. know, so he's moving himself up. So in that in that consensus mock draft, they have Houston taking Jalen Green. Is that where you're going with the second pick? No. Okay, who do you got going to Houston with number uh, two? I have a feeling Houston... Houston knows that they're not going to win. They're not going to go from number two pick to NBA champion. You know, and, and I think that's what, uh, uh, what most teams look if they want to get Jalen Green. They want, they want, a, they want a now person. Uh, I, I mean, people are comparing Mobley to a Tim Duncan type of player. I mean, that type of player. I mean, Tim Duncan was never your flashiest guy. He just got the job done. You know, and Evan Mobley has all that potential and then some. So I think that the Houston Rockets, you know, bypass the flashier green and they pick up Evan Mobley. Cause I, I, I and but here's here's my caveat on top of that again. I think all three are gonna be great. Yeah. But I, I I'm I'm if I'm if if I'm Houston, I take Evan Mobley. Okay, so this is where I'm gonna disagree with you. Um I agree with Mobley being good. But what I did is I tried to study rosters and, and I did my mock draft without anticipating what may happen. And I kind of looked at the team 
And I know that uh, Houston added Kevin Porter Jr., who played strong down the stretch, mm-hmm. who's a shooting guard. Olenek. Um, Olenek got there in a trade, but I, I don't really see him as a difference maker, so he could be replaced, I think. But you have Eric Gordon, who's a two as well. Um, you have Christian Wood, who's all-star caliber, mm-hmm. so if you keep him, he and Mobley are basically similar players. Mm-hmm. I have Houston taking Jalen Suggs at number two. Wow. A leader point guard because Kevin Porter Jr., the knock on him is he could be a dynamite scorer, but he's a head case, which is why Cleveland got rid of it. So they need solid leadership, and I think Jalen Suggs can bring that there. Slot him along um, with Kevin Porter, and then you keep Christian Wood. Okay. If you're going to deal Christian Wood, then of course Evan Wilby's the pick. Right. Assuming you keep Christian Wood, I think Jalen Suggs is the better pick, uh, although the consensus is he's probably going to go later in the draft. But that's where I would go, just based on their current roster and how he would fit and his tangible assets and what they lack right now. Mm-hmm. There's no leadership right there right now, so they need someone who can come in and lead people. And I think Evan Mobley is more of a quiet person, he like is. a Tim Duncan, I would than say he so. is a leader. And I think that team needs a strong leader because Duncan had... Um, David Robinson when right, he got there to right. be the leader and then he had Parker and he had Pop there's nothing in Houston right now so That's I think true. they need some leadership there to help them out so I have Suggs you have Mobley that leads us to number three with Cleveland I'll go first they're gonna if Houston takes Suggs they're gonna rush up to the podium and and then draft Evan Mobley to me so I have Evan Mobley going three to Cleveland Okay, even with Allen there, Jared Allen? Even with Jared Allen there, because I think Jared Allen can play the five, and I think Mobley is eventually going to be more of a stretch four type. Could be. Yeah, so I think they can play together. And that team has Sexton, they have Darius Garland, they have uh, Okoge that they drafted last last year. A lot of wings, a lot of guards, so I think they go big uh, with Evan Mobley. Okay, well, I already have Mobley gone, so uh, I'm going with Green over Suggs. I, I, I mean... Definitely. With all their point guards there, Suggs doesn't make sense yeah. in Cleveland unless you're trading Sexton. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, Gre- I mean, Green is a, a shooting guard, but he, he's, he's a big shooting guard. I mean, he's 6'5". Mm-hmm. Six, six, and he's very slight. He's definitely going to have to uh, build himself up to be, to be really, to bang with the big boys. Uh, he does shoot the outside, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his game is inside-outside. The guy's a slasher. and Very quick first step. Very explosive. You know, so yeah. I mean, as much as I would take Mobley there because he's still available, I think Jalen Green would be a great fit there along with those guards. I mm-hmm. mean, you, they're going to be running and gunning with Jared Allen in the middle. You know, protecting the the ribs, similar to like a Clint Capella in Atlanta, is what Jared Allen could be um, in Cleveland. So I think Jalen Green would be a wonderful fan. Oh, oh, yeah, I think that, they would be really happy if he's there. Yeah, and I I think if, he, if when he does go there, I think one of the two Garland or Sexton will be traded. That's yeah, what, I mean, that's what probably I Garland or Sexton can get more. Um, but again, in the NBA right now, you can probably play three of them mm-hmm. you know, at the same time. And maybe it's a Okoge who, who goes. So at four, I have Jalen Green still there. So Toronto would draft Jalen Green for me. Mm-hmm. Where are you going with your fourth pick to the Raptors? Okay, that's where I put Jalen Suggs. Yeah, and that's where I think most people yeah. have Jalen Suggs going. In fact... He I just, think 10 out of the 12 mock drafts have Jalen Suggs you know, going You know what, because he, he, he just, 
He just fits. Yeah. And, and Kyle and, Lowry out, Jalen Suggs in, and the team just keeps on going. Yeah, he he just fits in my opinion. I, 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 I think if Toronto was there at three, I think Toronto picks Jalen's... Uh, I, I mean, I think he t- they take Suggs at three with, with Green or Mobley. Out there, I think I think they I think they take. Oh, you mean Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. If yeah. they were if they were in the third, if they were in the third, he just fits. Uh, he fits. Yeah. He I, I look at Toronto. I look at Suggs. I look at Lowry. I mean, you're gonna have a well. They already had a smallish uh, backcourt. I mean, so, and and they they've done well with that smallish backcourt. I mean, but Suggs isn't. I mean, what is he? Six two, six three. Yeah, so six three, six, three. but. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think he's a perfect fit there. Um, yeah, I mean, as a Gonzaga fan, uh-huh. for his sake, I hope he goes to Toronto. I yeah. mean, it is in Canada. I think he'll But still, he'll he fits better there and they're good. Yeah. Houston, that's going to be a, a time before they're better yeah, again. Definitely. I mean, they're going to have to rebuild. So for Jaden Suggs' sake, uh, Toronto's a better fit for him if you want to be immediately competitive. And that is one competitive kid. He's not going to oh. do well in a losing situation. Oh, yeah. So I think he fits there. So, okay, you've got... So we have the same four guys going one through four. Now I think this is where things are kind of up in the air. Um, with the fifth pick, Orlando Magic, who do you have them taking? I think they got their replacement for Aaron Gordon. I go with Jonathan Kuminga. Okay. And you know what? Jonathan Kuminga, in my, in my opinion... Uh, he played alongside Jalen Green in, in the in the in the G League, and he was very explosive. Uh, I think with the rebuilding process that they have in Orlando, and mind you, Atlanta has two draft picks in uh, the lottery this year. So him combined with uh, somebody who could probably complement his game would do wonders for them. So I uh, I, I think as far as uh, somebody who can. Replace some of the pieces that they lost. I mean, they did that. They did. People are gonna say, okay, why did they trade? Why did Orlando trade them in the first place? Okay, one being contracts. Okay, when you come in as a, I mean, having Aaron Gordon is one thing. Having Aaron Gordon at his contract is another thing. It it, it limits you from signing other players. And reach it. Yeah, exactly. With those contracts out there, I mean, they were all good players. Fournier, they were all good players, but Fournier. He's probably going to take a pay cut this this year. Vujicic already signed his contract. I mean, there. I mean, I hear Denver is throwing is going to throw out the money for Aaron Gordon. So having Kuminga out there, in my opinion, is a good deal. Is a good deal for Orlando. And I think Kuminga was uh, the consensus fifth pick for a long time until recently. Scotty Barnes, according to the mock draft, has passed Kuminga uh, at number five. I'm with you though. I think with Orlando being rebuilding like they are, and the fact that they have the five and the eight, mm-hmm. I think they can roll the dice. I right. think with Kuminga, again, we talked about, we alluded to this a, a couple of weeks back, that apparently he's hard to play with. There may be some attitude issues in regards to him, but his talent is so impressive. And if I have the five and the eight, I think they're hoping that they'll take a Barnes at five and he'll still be there at eight. Then they can take both. Um, I think you don't take that chance. I think you grab Kaminga at five and hope Barnes is there at eight or something along those could be, lines. Could be. So I'm with you. I, I would have the Magic taking Kaminga. Yeah. I mean, for me, Barnes just wasn't... 
Barnes, for me, I mean, with his great talent, I mean, he has all the, he has all the measurables. Uh, he just hasn't put it together for me. I mean, I need to see it, uh, you know, in the box score yeah. first. He has Ben Simmons written all over him. Mm-hmm. I mean, similar six, height, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, nine, six, nine, long arms, super athletic, awesome defensive player. Struggles with his shot, not very much a score. Yeah. He has Ben Simmons written all over and him. Probably the old Ben Simmons was still an all-NBA type player. So if he has confidence, that's a that's not a bad thing. So at six, OKC, I have them taking Scotty Barnes there. I think he's another uh, cog in their rebuilding. Uh, who do you have going six to OKC? I have Book Knight from UConn. Okay. I, I just think he's that type of... I mean... OKC has this, they, they have droves and droves of draft picks on top of here, okay? For me, Scotty Barnes just doesn't fit the type of trade piece that, uh, that can be movable or tradable early in the beginning where, where Book Knight can be uh, a chess piece, you know, in that trading game. I mean, like you said, uh, Barnes has all the measurables. He can be great. I don't think that's going to happen in the first year or two. I think he's more uh, maybe on that third year or even second contract. Hopefully not. But I think Booknight, he's the type of player. I mean, he, he needs a better outside shot, but that guy is a shot creator. I mean, you're talking about a 6'5 guard. He, I mean, he only played half the season, I believe. But boy, did he put on a show. So I think he has the better flashes to show up better this season than Barnes. Then if OKC wants to make that trade in midseason, if they do well, you know, I think a package with Barnes and maybe some draft picks, you know, to get, you know, maybe a top 15 player in the NBA would be something that, uh, you know, they could do better with than if they picked up Barnes. So I'm going with Booknight. Okay, so now that takes us to the first of two picks for the Golden State Warriors. At number seven, where do you have Golden State going? Okay, with Golden State, that's where I'm going with Barnes. I think they have the established veterans over there. Uh, Barnes is somebody that, uh, you know, you put on the same timeline with uh, James Wiseman. You know, you have your old, you have your new and then you can hope that they develop at the same time. Because, I, I mean, like Barnes, like you said, he, he, he has the potential to be very good. Yeah. Just not early. Now, I think Golden State would be thrilled if Scotty Barnes is there. Because I think you're absolutely right. I mean, first of all, I don't think Golden State is likely to be picking 7 and 14. I think they're very likely to make some kind of a yeah. deal. That's, for somebody. That's what I think. But assuming that they keep him, and I think we alluded to this last week, but I was talking about how Ben Simmons would fit there as a great defensive player. Scotty Barnes could essentially do similar things for them. And Scotty Barnes does fit really well with Golden State, much better than OKC, because they're just starting up. But you have Curry, you have Clay, you know, you have Wiggins, mm-hmm. you have Draymond. Um Scotty Barnes could get in, and you have Jordan uh, Poole, who excelled in the second half of the year as the, the sixth man offensively to, to take a Curry and Clay Thompson's place. So you don't really need another guard necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think Scotty Barnes would be perfect there. I just don't think he's going to be there. So for me, I have Golden State taking Davion Mitchell from Baylor um, for similar reasons. I don't think they need offense, and mm-hmm. I think he's offensively challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he's going to bring that defensive dog mentality that they're going to need because they have aspirations to win the title next year, which is why they're contemplating trading all these picks. Um, but Davion Mitchell could lock down a Donovan Mitchell, uh, Chris Paul, um, or any of the good guards that there are in, in the West. I mean, mm -hmm. he's that kind of defensive dog that they, they would need because they don't need offense. Mm -hmm. So... For similar reasons why I think they would take a Scotty Barnes for his defensive presence, uh, I have David Mitchell going there at seven. Mm. I mean, that's a good that's a good thought process. I can't argue with that with, uh, with you on top of those points. But if Barnes is there, I think Golden State's going to be ecstatic. So that leads us to the second pick for the Magic. And for me, that's where I have James Booknight going. Mm. You have him going six. I have him going at eight. To me, you, you parlay him with RJ Hampton. Anthony from last year you already drafted Kaminga to go down low with some of the big guys that you've drafted in years past I think book Knight would be a perfect two guard there uh, for for uh, for the Orlando Magic so that's where I have him going who do you have the Magic taking with their second pick because it's their second pick they're gonna take a chance and they're gonna take a chance big time I've seen this guy towards the end of the first round and you know I, I re have a feeling that he's gonna go in the earlier parts of of uh, this draft and you know what I'm going with the high flyer from Tennessee Keon Johnson Keon Johnson okay I have him going to the Orlando Magic I think he just you know he, he has the potential to be that difference maker I think they, they again for almost the same reasons that they picked up uh, Jonathan Kaminga I mean he's a high flyer I mean to see some of his the dunks on uh, on his highlight films on YouTube, it's 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 amazing. I mean, I think he's just a, a fun player to to uh, to watch. I think he'll bring in the crowd, bring up bring up the excitement after they let their top three players go from last season. You know, and for them to uh, you know have that uh, help them build that core. You know, help them bring up that young team because I, I I really don't think. Orlando, or Orlando Magic really have aspirations of winning the NBA championship at this point in time. I don't think they have the assets, but they may combine those first two picks. You never know to move up the board. But as for now, the way it stands, I have Keon Johnson going to the Orlando Magic. Well, Keon Johnson with his 48-inch vertical, the highest ever recorded, right. um, he will bring that excitement. I have him a little bit lower. I'm a little leery of... You remember Mike Mamula mm -hmm. in the NFL? Right. You know, he Linebacker. went to the combine and right. had an unbelievable combine and then was drafted like 20 spots higher than he should have been and then right. he faded out. I am, <laughs> I have a sneaky feeling that Keon Johnson may be that. Um, his athleticism is overwhelming and I think that's what gets your attention. Right. Uh, and he could pan out, um, but I'm a little bit more leery. So I have Book Knight there. You have. Um, Keon. Yeah, yeah, Keon. <laughs> I have Keon. I have Keon, but you know what, what you said? They said that same thing to, about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and then, then he panned out. Yeah, he panned you know, out. So he panned out. Okay, so number nine at Sacramento. Um, I have Kai Jones going there from Texas. Wow. I think I like they Kai have Jones. everything. I mean, they have Darren Fox. They have Buddy Heald. Um, you know, they have Marvin Bagley. They've been struggling to try to find somebody in the middle. And so I think Kai Jones is probably a little high for him, 
but I think it fills a need and his athleticism fits with De'Aaron Fox and the ability to run the floor. So I have Kai Jones from Texas going number nine to Sacramento. So this is where you have the Dukey going? This is where I had that full paw in the beginning. So this is where I have Jalen Johnson from Duke going okay. over there. I mean, boy, this guy was a five-star player coming into Duke. Now I know that he has like red flags coming out of his ears and nose and eyes. You know, just the way he handled himself. But the guy's talent, I think, is unquestioned. I, I, I don't think you can uh, bypass this type of talent uh, this early. I mean, Duke has, has produced a number of good players. I mean, they, they, they have produced a number of duds, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but well, we handled that, you know, months ago when we talked about how many people they put into the NBA. So oh, you're going to have your share of Oh, yeah. Sure. I, 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 I think as far as percentage, chances are concerned, I think this is, is going to be a good bet for the Sacramento Kings. Now, uh, if it weren't for the Sacramento Kings, I have a feeling that their management is a little bit riskier in, on it. I mean, there are better GMs out there is, is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. I think there's better moves to be made out there. I really think that that's going to be part of the reasons where why they would take, they, they take Jalen Johnson. Okay, so I'm a Duke fan as well. So I saw Jalen Johnson play early in the year on a game that he played well. And I was like, man, this guy is going to be a... He's a freak. He's going to be dominant when he gets to the NBA. And then another game, he's like nothing. And then he's having issues with the team, and then he quits. Um, no doubt, I think he has top 10 talent. I wouldn't touch him. I mean, I think there are just too many red flags mm -hmm. there. If I had multiple picks, like if I'm OKC with three picks, or the Knicks later on with three picks, and he's there, then absolutely I would take him. But if you're Sacramento... Uh, and you've struggled now with the Marvin Bagley pick. You know, he can't stay healthy. You hit a home run with De'Aaron Fox. Buddy Hill's doing well. Um, man. But not that Kai Jones is going to be a superstar. <laughs> it's just that I wouldn't want to bring in a player that could possibly be an attitude-type situation. So unless you loved him in your interview process and there's a logical reason for right. what happened at Duke, I personally wouldn't touch him. But there's no doubt from what I saw in the short time he played... He is a top 10 talent. Yeah, he is. And I, I got, you know, it was a COVID year. You know, who knows what kind of stress he was under. Who knows? I mean, there was no, there was basically no fans going in and out. So, you know, for, for him taking the late out, I mean, there's a lot of guys who didn't even play basketball or other sports for that, you know, for, for that. So uh, I'll give him a pass on him leaving the team on top of that. Uh, as far as not getting along with the team, I mean, you, the, Coach K is gone. I mean, so who knows what happened over there, you know, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll definitely see. So that leads us to the New Orleans Pelicans at number 10. Where do you have the Pelicans going? Who's going to join Zion in New Orleans until he ends up with the Los Angeles Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> I have them going defense for all the reasons that you say. And they're losing ball, Davion Mitchell. Yep, and you know what? That's the consensus pick, is that Davion Mitchell will go there. And for Zion's sake, I would absolutely love if Davion Mitchell is there. Because I think he's exactly the type of defensive stopper that they need. Mm -hmm. um, but I have Davion Mitchell already gone. So I have a shooter joining Zion. Someone to stretch, you know, to team with. 
Brandon Ingram and stretch the floor, freeing up space for Zion. Corey Kispert from Gonzaga is mm. who I have going to New Orleans. Mm. Just hope it wasn't the same way as they shot in the championship game. Yeah, well, that's different <laughs> because Davion Mitchell was on him, you know, so now he's not going to have him on him. According to you, he'd be on the same team. But, uh, and that's part, probably a little bit biased because I'm a huge Zion fan and a huge Gonzaga fan, and, and I think Corey Kispert would help Zion, mm -hmm. um, but I think Davion Mitchell would help him even more. If he's there, then I think that would be a great pick. So you got Davion Mitchell, I got Corey Kispert. Davion Mitchell definitely got the best of Corey Kispert in the NCAA Finals. Um, so that leads us to the 11th pick, the Charlotte Hornets. Where are you going there? They need a big man. They need a big man. They need a big man. Uh, and you know what? I'm going with uh, a guy who I fell in love with right before the, the, the NCAA tournament, uh, Texas product. Kai Jones. Yep. So I had him going 9 to Sacramento for similar reasons. Uh, so for me, he's already gone. So I actually have them taking Moses Moody, a mm -hmm. big guard from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he'll fit well with LaMelo. Um, you know, you do have Terry Rozier there, but I think Moody is in the same line as uh, Gordon Hayward, who's there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Bridges, who's athletic there. So I think you have a lot of versatility with, with, uh, with Moses Moody, but I think Moses Moody has better defense, a, a defensive mentality that none of those other Charlotte Hornets really have. Yeah, and I, I love Moses Moody in, in, the, in, the tournament, in his tournament play. I mean, uh, really one of the first times I actually saw that guy play, and when I saw him play, I was like, wow, this, this, this guy is a stud. Yeah, he was very, very impressive. So I think that's what I would have there. Um, but Kai Jones being there makes total sense. I mean, I have him gone, so I go with Moses Moody. That leads us, we got three picks left in the lottery. Mm -hmm. Now we're with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, for me, mm -hmm. you know, they have a lot of potential turmoil. You don't know what they're going to do with, um, with Murray, their current point guard. You don't know if they're going to trade DeMar DeRozan. Um, there's a lot of different directions that they can go, but I think they're going to go with Josh Giddy, mm. the Australian yeah. point guard, yeah. um, who will slide in, take Patty Mills place, you know, his mentor on the Australian, uh, circuit. Um, so I think Josh Giddy would be the likely pick for San Antonio there. Yeah, you stole my line on top of I'm going to say Australian for Australian. Could be that, that could have happened. I, I, I like Josh Giddy's game. I, I mean, you're talking about a, you know, a, a big guy with really high IQ basketball. I just think that uh, the Spurs are going to go in a little bit more different way. Uh, I really like uh, Chris Duarte from... Uh, from Oregon to join San Antonio. I mean, the, the guy has a terrific outside shot. I have a feeling DeRozan's going to be gone, in my opinion. I think he's he's, he's on the older side. Uh, I think they're going to trade him now more than later that they can get him back. So I, I have this guy coming in. I mean, his, his three-point shot is over 40%. I mean, he, he led uh, the Ducks to a terrific season. Mm -hmm. I mean... Solid players. I mean, if you look at that Oregon program, they've come out with a lot, lot of good players. Yeah. And it's not one by one, year after year after year for the last four or five years. Yeah, and Chris Duarte is another one that is getting hot right now. His name is better because in the beginning, he was a late first round and a lot of mocks had the Lakers taking him at 22. 
Um, another consensus is that he's going to be in the lottery. Um, the consensus was going 14, you know, to Golden State, but having him at 12 at San Antonio will not surprise me. Yeah, because the Rosen is going to be traded. Mm -hmm. I actually heard that there's a three-team trade that's going to happen involving my Lakers oh. and the Marvin Rosen. That's going to result in Dennis Schroeder going to Toronto. Uh, Montrezl Harold, Kyle Kuzma, and our 22nd pick going to San Antonio, and both Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan ending up in L.A. Wow. That'll make us, you know, <laughs> if we don't win in the NBA, we do very good in the geriatric league because we get a lot older uh, with that team. But I digress. So um, I think, you know, Chris Duarte would be a wonderful addition to the San Antonio Spurs there. Now that leads us to the last two picks, Indiana Pacers. Where do you go with Indiana? I go with who you chose for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm going with Moses Moody. I really liked his game. I think the Indiana Pacers, they do have guards out there. Uh, I have a feeling TJ McConnell might be gone. You know, he, he, he's at that point of his contract, like, like earlier parts where I think his trade value right now is probably better than his long-term future with the Indiana Pacers. I think Moses Moody... Uh, fits in better over there. I mean, he's not uh, actual, maybe not as good as a playmaker as McConnell, but uh, definitely a potential better scorer, overall better player uh, uh, for the Indiana Pacers. So I, I think they go in that direction. I don't think I don't think he lasts longer than this. I think I think if if he's if they don't pick him, he's going earlier. Because like I said. When I saw him in that tournament, I said, this guy this guy is talented. Yeah, so Moses Moody would be a great pick there. I had him going a little bit earlier. So I'm going to go with my Michigan Wolverine. Oh, Franz my goodness. Franz Wagner going 13 to Indiana. You know, I, many mock drafts have him going in the top 10. I don't see that, you know, because I think he was hot and cold offensively. Uh, he's a very versatile player. He's, right. he's being considered one of the best versatile players. Uh, defenders in the draft. Davion Mitchell is the best defender, but he's 6'2". So he's going to be limited in who he can guard. Franz Wagner at 6'9 can guard 1 through 5. And has done so for Michigan. So I think he kind of slots well with who they currently have. They're not a very strong defensive team. So you have Brogdon, you have Karis LeVert back there in the backcourt. Yeah, you have the big man in the middle. Uh, Miles Turner is likely to be traded. Mm -hmm. So I think Franz Wagner on the wing can be a defensive Gordon Hayward type mm. uh, for them. And they've long longed for a Gordon Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward. So I think Franz Wagner can kind of fill that role. So I have him going to the Indiana Pacers. That's, that, that's, that's interesting. I thought you I, I really thought that you you you'd stay away from uh, a Wagner since the Lakers had drafted Mo. But we turned Mo into LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> But the, but I think Franz is better than his brother, you know. I I I mean, unfo unfortunately, he had a terrible last game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but you know what? He's solid. The guy, yeah. the, the guy is solid. Yeah, I mean, he is. I, I I still have a little hesitancy because of I watch every single Michigan game, and he's hot. He's cold. Um, but the scouts love him, and he does have, you know, the ability to do certain things. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe his offensive game is not well-rounded yet, uh, but defensively, he shows up every game. Mm -hmm. And Michigan is one of the better defensive teams out there. Mm -hmm. uh, even holding, you know, even that use vaunted UCLA team only had 55 points against Michigan. So mm -hmm. uh, that's where I have. And then with my last pick in the, in the, uh, the lottery, 
Golden State, again, having two picks, I think they take a chance. And I have that's where I have Keon Johnson going. I think you can take a risk there. Uh, you have Davion Mitchell with the first pick for Golden State, so you go Keon Johnson with the second one. So where do you have Golden State taking to end the lottery? Okay, I just have them. I just have them, you know, just taking a person that just fits their scheme. So I have, I have them taking the best shooter out there, which is Corey Kispert. You know, it's their second pick. I really think Golden State is actually going to combine those two picks. Yeah. I think they're going to move up. I think you have... I think they're going to move out. They're going to try and go get a, themselves a veteran. Uh, yeah, a veteran yeah, of yeah. Some sort. E- either move into the top four or, yeah, get them something really good for them to win now. Because, you know, their, their stars are old. Yeah. I actually think, if I'm Golden State, I mean, I guess if you have the expectation that Clay is going to come back the same Clay, even if he's hasn't played in two years... Um, that's a risky proposition. I actually don't see Golden State as being that ready to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Like when the odds came out, if I'm not mistaken, they were four or five in the leading odds. I just don't see them being that close. To me, they're better off keeping seven and fourteen and drafting two solid foundational pieces that they can groom for the transitionary period that can also help now. Because if you turn seven and fourteen and Wiseman. You know, because of the salary situations, you're not going to get that one that good of a person. Mm-hmm. And if they have illusions of getting Damian Lillard, they're going to have to give up a lot more salary to get Dame. Um, even somebody like a Ben Simmons, they would have to give up Wiggins and Wiseman and these picks. And that's a lot to give up for a Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Portland would want Wiggins, Wiseman, and the two picks for Dame Lillard. I just don't see them doing that. I don't think it makes them exponentially better. But you never know. But I think, I think it'd be better. They'd be better off grabbing two young, good players. And if they can get, you know, a Scotty Barnes, like you said, and a Corey Kispert, a mm-hmm. defensive stopper and a shooter um, that protects Clay if Clay goes down, I think that would be amazing for them. And trust in Wiseman. Unless something has happened where they've already seen that Wiseman is not going to put in the work and they're ready to move on from him, which could be. Um, and if that is the case, then why would anybody else want him? Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I would, I think it's way too early to give up on Wiseman. I think Me too. we have a foundation that includes Kispert, Barnes, Wiseman, and you surround them with Draymond, Steph, Clay, and Wiggins. That is a pretty strong, balanced team with youth and older people. Don't necessarily go to Laker model where you just want to be in a geriatric league. I mean, I think <laughs> the Lakers are so much in win-now mode because of LeBron. And we know what happens when LeBron leaves a team. They fall completely apart. Um, I think Golden State shouldn't make that mistake because I think they have the ability to have that balance. Um, to be able to, to secure some transitionary youth with their core mm-hmm. and still possibly win a championship they, they, they could I, I mean I've, I've heard rumors where they're trying to get out of uh, Draymond's contract Draymond Green you know so that if if them combined with uh, you know the two draft picks I mean that's that's a pretty good package you could go with you could get some very solid and when I say veteran leadership doesn't have to be somebody who's in their 30s it, it, you know it, it could be a bill right or something like that but but not that bill would fit with them but you know I'm just saying it could be that type of player that they could acquire. So who knows? I have I have a feeling that Golden State will not have two picks in this upcoming NBA draft. But I could say the same for Orlando. I could say for the same thing for the o- Knicks, OKC. OKC. I mean, it's it's gonna happen, people. 
I mean, our list is based upon what is now. It's not going to look like that come draft night. Next week, Thursday is going to be totally different. Yeah, lots going <laughs> to happen, I think, between now and Thursday or certainly on Thursday. Yeah. Um, it's going to be exciting. I mean, I love drafts. And, you know, so and this well, is, I love the NFL draft and uh, I love the NBA draft. And this looks like to be one of the better drafts in a while. In a while. So I, and I, so I think there are teams that can help themselves. And I think there is uh, so many trade that'll be the catalyst for, for a lot of things that happens. And my Lakers are going to be in the middle of it. Because at the end of the day, if we end up with the same team and we draft at 22, I don't think that's going to be good enough next year. So something's going to have to change for the Lakers. I'm not sure I'd go the route of Kyle Lowry and DeMar uh, and and Rosen mm -hmm. as my options, um, but we'll see. I mean, I just don't want Schroeder to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to wait till number forty-five yep. for the Boston Celtics to pick. <laughs> to pick, and that person is just going to end up staying in uh, Europe or something. All right, gang. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with my closing thought. has started and what I'm looking forward to I mean we're just getting started um, and by the time you guys listen to this on Monday we'll be halfway through on the team gymnastics championships mm -hmm. swimming is in full force the dream team will have had their first game they play France on Sunday uh, and what a shock when the Olympics before the Olympics actually start soccer starts and the US women's team for the first <laughs> time in 44 matches I was going to say that 3-0 to their nemesis Sweden, who seems to have their, their number. number. Yeah, because they tied them once. Yeah, and then they bounced back with a 6-1 win over New Zealand today. So I'm really looking forward to seeing their game against Australia. Mm -hmm. They have to win to move on or else they're going to be out in the pool play, mm -hmm. which would be shocking. So a lot to look forward to in the Olympics. But where I'm going to go with my closing thought, I'm going to talk about COVID and the impact on sports. Uh, and just generally speaking, I mean, we talk about this all the time, Ernie, just, just the... We don't understand why the hesitancy at this point in time with people being unwilling to take the vaccine. Uh -huh. You know, no matter what your personal beliefs and thoughts may be, at the end of the day, we should be one country willing to sacrifice our own self for the betterment of all. Mm -hmm. um, yet we see it all over the country that the unvaccinated people are pretty steadfast and we're seeing a surge, especially with the Delta variant going all over the country. Right. So... That, I think, has triggered a frustration level across the board. Politicians, business people, and the NFL, and the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Talk this week. If you have unvaccinated players and they don't follow the strict, rigid protocols that are in place, there's going to be a $15,000 fine for every violation. Now, for an NFL player, that may not seem like much, mm -hmm. but just the fact that they're going to have to pay now... I think is going to make a difference. But the bigger thing that happened that's going to have an impact is if you have a game where you have to forfeit or you have to not play because you have a breakout of COVID for unvaccinated people, the talk is you're going to forfeit the game mm -hmm. and the players involved are not going to get paid. So they're going to give up a game's pay and the team is going to forfeit that game. Okay. Um, 
if it's because of unvaccinated players. Okay, for unvaccinated players. For unvaccinated players. Okay, so that's the be, talk. Okay, because you could still get COVID even if you get the vaccine. Right, right. But I think I think what what just generally speaking, I think across the board, everyone is just saying, hey, you can only do what you can do to prevent this. If you get vaccinated and you still get it, chances are you're not going to be as bad. But it, it is what it is. You know, some people are still going to get it even if they're vaccinated. Right, right. But I think what they're trying to avoid is the avoidable should be right. avoided. Well, I'm all for and that. right now, the avoidable is not being avoided, which I think is crazy. So I completely support this. I, I completely support this times three because the Pittsburgh Steelers were the first NFL franchise to be 100% vaccinated. So... The Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, even the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they're going to be non-relevant, they can all go party in the streets, get COVID, <laughs> don't die, but you know, you can forfeit your game. Not that, not that they'll need to, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if the if the Steelers really are hundred percent vaccinated, I think that's amazing. Yeah, and I think at this point in time, I mean. These are professional athletes. I get some of them are going to be afraid to put things in their body. They typically don't want to put anything in their body. But the reality is a lot of times we're shooting these players up with cortisones and, and all kinds of shots so that they can't feel their dislocated shoulder and they can go and play or they can't feel their knees so they can finish a game. Right. So we shoot them up with all kinds of things, yet they won't take a vaccine that could prevent death. Uh, you know, or, or serious illness for themselves and anyone else. So this goes beyond just the players. So you saw what happened this week in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Coach Dennison, their offensive line coach, refused to take the vaccine, and he was let go. Uh, the, uh, in the Patriots, they have an assistant offensive coach as well that's not going to take the vaccine, so he's going to be forced to sit out this season as well. So you're starting to see these kinds of things happening with coaches. Because I don't think a team wants to forfeit a game because of an assistant coach. Right. Um, that's not going to be worth it. They may have to if it's uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who is a vocal person for Arizona who has not been vaccinated and does not want to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're Arizona, you, you, you roll the dice with him maybe, mm -hmm. um, but you're not going to roll the dice with some assistant offensive line coach. That's just not worth the risk. Because if it's not, it's not just if a player gets it but if any assistant coach a head coach right, right. anyone on the staff gets it that causes a, a, a you know some kind of an outbreak that causes you to postpone the game you will forfeit the game even so if you have, even if you everybody. have one person and that one person is involved well yeah as long as it's a big enough outbreak that calls for the gotcha. game to be for uh, you know like last year you would push a game back or postpone right. a game. We had games on Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday. The Steelers and, right. and Ravens played a game on Wednesday. It was pushed back three days, and that game was brutal. It was. Um, and they <laughs> want to avoid that at all costs this year, and they should. There is no reason why in today's day and age with vaccines readily available for everyone in this country that anyone wouldn't want to take it. And if you know any take it, you do have the freedom to make that decision and that choice. But if you know any take it, then you have to live with the consequences. Right. And the consequences are if the game gets postponed, you don't get paid, your team forfeits, and you go from there. Yeah, I well, think that's a great thing. It, it is. But being, uh, let me play devil advocate. I mean, that's forcing people to do probably what's against their, I mean, I, I could see this coming out in a court case where they're, they're going to say, what's the difference between my beliefs and religious beliefs or something like that. It's my choice. It's my life. And now you're putting my job at jeopardy or 
you have put my job at jeopardy. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be controversial. I'm sure someone may try to do that, but I think in any private business, you have the right to establish the rules. Right. And you're not preventing them from playing. You're just saying if you are, if this happens because you are not vaccinated, right. then this is the consequence. Right. You're not going to be kicked out of a league. You're just going to have to forfeit the game and you're going to have to forfeit your check because you forfeited the game. Right, right. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that there's going to be too many grounds on that regard. They're not going to be forfeit. You're not off the team. You're not going to get cut, you know, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but the believe it or not, the Players Association is actually in support of this as okay, well. Okay, that's the big thing. Because the Players Association doesn't want to give this up and the Players Association doesn't want any cancellation games. Right. And no matter what, no matter how you break this up, I'm sure 70%, like the rest of the country, of the players are probably vaccinated. So you're talking about 30%. I think the 70% has more clout. Mm-hmm. And they understand. Now money will talk. Because giving up a game check, there's 17 games. For Patrick Mahomes, that's $3 million almost. That's $2.5 million for him if they have to forfeit a game right. because he's unvaccinated. And I'm not saying he is. I don't know whether he is or not. I'm just talking the highest paid player in the NFL. That's a lot of money to give up because you're being stubborn. Right. And for the NFLPA to support this, that's, I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, that's probably why they're doing this. I don't see, I mean, I don't see anybody bucking this trend just to make waves until it actually happens. Yeah. So it's when it happens and when the ramifications come out, that's where I see uh, possible, you know, uh, more out in the open uh, attacks on this rule being put in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the beginning, because uh, nobody wants to cause waves, especially you know when we're right in the midst of getting out of this pandemic. And I apologize to anybody who said, when I said, oh, let those teams uh, get COVID. I, I, I don't mean to make yeah, light. I, mean, that was just, I don't mean to was, make light of this. That was tongue in cheek. Yeah. I mean, you're I, just joking that because yeah. how much you love your compatriots in your division. Exactly. The only part that I liked on top of that is the forfeiture, but I don't want anybody to get yeah, sick. Nobody, we don't want anyone to get sick, which is why I think everyone should do the responsible thing and go ahead and get vaccinated uh, and do your part to help society be stronger. And it concerns me as well that our contingent in Tokyo on the U.S. Olympic team, 100 U.S. team members are not vaccinated, which to me is crazy. There are 620 of them, I think, or 625. That's one in six or not. And again, sometimes these psychotic athletes really watch what they put in their bodies, so they're reluctant to do so. But if they were to get tested now, like something has happened, and some of these people are already out of the Olympics, like a Bradley Beal or some of these others... Um, imagine training your whole life. You're in Tokyo now, but you didn't do what was necessary to protect yourself to be able to fulfill your dream. That would be heartbreaking, but a hundred of our athletes are unvaccinated. It's just shocking. That, that is, especially with the Olympics being put back a year, you know, so, so somebody may have been waiting three years. Now it's four. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it either. So gang, I'm, I'm, this is about as controversial as I'll normally get in my closing thoughts, but I just thought it was so relevant this week. And, and as somebody who's in the business world as well, it's frustrating for me to see what's going on uh, when you know it's preventable right. and to see families that are losing loved ones unnecessarily yeah. because they were afraid that um, you know the side effects could be nothing that they want to deal with. And then they lose three or four family members because of that. 
it's just not worth it. Being stubborn, being right, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Get vaccinated. Yes. Not because you don't want to forfeit the game, because you want to stay alive and you want to do your part to keep this yes. country safe. I, I mean, with, with, when you're talking about over 50% of the, po- of the U.S. population being, being vaccinated and you're seeing the overwhelming results where the risk is nowhere close to the rewards... I mean, and the reward is living. Yeah. That I don't see how you can choose not to take that. Yeah, I, I do too. And then Ernie, your age, 65 and up, is going to need a booster <laughs> soon. So I'm sure that you can look forward to that. All right, gang, that ends our show. Again, we're looking forward to the Olympics this week and really looking forward to Thursday's NBA draft. I'm so excited to see how the Lakers come out of this draft because I think realistically, Boston is not going to do a whole lot. Um, this week, I think they're going to see where they stand and maybe play for next year. But my Lakers have to do something because as they are constructed, they are not going to win a championship next year. And it's championship or bust. Giannis and the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks, congratulations on an incredible championship. Job well done. Here, here. Ernie, anything else? No, that's a All good right, job. gang. So, of course, check us out on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast. On IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. And until next week, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Thank you.